0: welcome to pro tour talk with steve dodge today is october 24th it is the wednesday after the tour championship today we're going to talk about the women's side and we'll close with an interview with sarah hokum tomorrow we will talk about the men's side and close with an interview about chris dickerson and then on friday we will have a overall season review and a tour championship review we will talk about the season stats, all of the awards that were given out. And, yes, we'll go ahead and touch on the uh, the railroad tie incident on Hole 15, as well as closing out Friday's show with a, a long list of thank yous to our tournament directors, the players, the spectators. We'll go over, over our uh, media growth maybe even touch a little bit on the 2019 media plan. So get ready to stay tuned to this show and a couple more because this week it's podcast week here at the pro tour. And with that, let's talk about the women's side of the tour championship. So it ended up in the final round being a battle between Sarah Hocum and Katrina Allen Paige Bierkes had a catastrophe on hole eight with several OBs in a row, and she was not able to recover. I don't think any of us could have recovered. She battled to get into the finals, and kudos to her for having a breakout year. On Friday, when we talk about our awards, I expect you might hear her name as the recipient of some of those rewards. Jessica Weiss also struggled early, found herself a couple holes out and couldn't card the birdies on the middle portion of the course. Going into hole 13, she was two and three strokes down and ended up carding the double bogey, basically ending her run for tour champion. Sarah Hocum and Katrina battled the whole way through. Going into the final six holes, Katrina Allen held a two-stroke lead on Sarah Hocum. However, hole 14 struck. Sarah Hocum cards the birdie. Katrina Allen cards the bogey. The next hole, Sarah would gain the lead, and then Katrina would get it back. And then on the final hole, tied... At minus two, Sarah Hokum closes with a birdie and captures her first tour championship to go along with her second tour points championship. When I look at the stats, Katrina Allen led in circle one and circle two in regulation. She gave herself opportunities. Sarah Hokam did not get into circle one or circle two as often but she hit the circle two putt that made the difference. Going into the season, I used to think Sarah Holcomb's long distance putting style, while it's definitely unorthodox, I thought it wouldn't work. But Sarah has proven that it does work for her. She had the best circle two putting percentage of anybody at the tour championship, and that is the reason that she became our tour champion. Let's have a quick talk with Zara about the championship and some other places that a conversation with Zara might go. Enjoy.
1: All right, everybody, we got a special treat today. We are joined by, good golly, way too many titles, but let's just say tour champion, Sarah Holcomb. Hello, Sarah. How are you today?
2: Hi, Steve. I'm doing great. I'm uh, headed to some Mobile, Alabama. I'm doing an event there tomorrow. Excited what kind to meet of an event? Um, we're doing, I'm doing a clinic. We're doing a little 2 days challenge as a flex start. So it's really a chance to uh, meet some people working with uh, one more round disc golf. And, oh, fantastic!
1: Uh, yeah, it's it? uh, They did a great job vending at the tour championship. It was very fun. Very fun to see their RV there, and I'm I'm glad to hear you are uh, going to to be supported and be supportive even more. Yeah, Mike's so, a great guy. Uh, I've got to say, Sarah, the tour. The the Disc Golf Pro Tour is, is now officially three years old, and you have been Tour Points Champion twice. Congratulations. Thank you. You are now Tour Champion for the first time ever.
2: Which I'm elated about.
1: And you are also our 2018 Player of the Year
2: was a surprise to me. Um, I didn't realize that that title existed um, within the Pro Tour, per se, and it is the very first time I've ever been honored with that uh, that title, so thank you for that.
1: Uh, you're very welcome. Katrina Allen won it the first year, uh, Paige Pierce won it the second, and you have now won it the third, and it is... Uh, I don't know that we are quiet about our awards, but we are definitely not loud about our awards. Um, we post them on our website and uh and let them be. And if people want to share them they can't. But uh what we do is we calculate um, over the course of the Pro Tour events who who competed uh at the highest level the most consistently. And uh this year you edged out Paige Pierce and it was it was a tremendous battle and really fun to watch.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, Paige is always a fierce competitor, as is Katrina, who has peaked kind of here at the end of the season uh, really well. So I feel uh, very honored to be amongst those two ladies.
1: Uh, you, are, you are very welcome and very deserving. And you're, you're absolutely right, Katrina. I've, I've talked about Katrina quite a bit the last few weeks. Uh she actually had a very good season and I think it's I think people have such high expectations of her that it's hard for her to live up to them. Uh but when I went back and, and reviewed her statistics I was blown away. Uh like ten or twelve wins. Um maybe about half of them B tiers and half of them A in national tours and pro tours and majors. So yeah, she's uh she had a she had a a great season and um and yours, in our estimation, was better. So there we have it. So uh, <laughs> congratulations on on being at the pinnacle of our sport. And what I want to ask you is: is is there anybody or any two or three or four people that you'd like to say thank you to for for helping to get you here?
2: Sure. Yeah. I would. Well, first of all, I got to thank my sponsors. You know, Legacy Discs, they make great plastic, and, you know, I could just throw with confidence all the time. the You know, it feels great in my hand. Anybody who hasn't tried Legacy Discs should definitely check them out. Um, Miles at Paragon Disc Golf has been um, a continued supporter for years and years and years, it's always hooking me up with the best gear. Um, I'm also working with Rickeroon, Suka, Smith Optics. Um, proactive sports disc golf also recently we partnered on some drinkware. Um, and then one more round disc golf, uh, has, uh, stepped up to st- help support, um, here at the end of the year. So, um, definitely all my sponsors. And then I really gotta thank you and the Pro Tour. Um, specifically, um, Danielle Charlier. She's been pushing so hard for the women and she is relentless when it comes to the vision, um, that she wants to see. Um, the women's field um, get uh, to live up to. You know, she's like, it's just the opportunities she's trying to provide for the women in the sport and, you know, her passion is just uh, contagious. Um, also, have to thank you know, Patrick, um, you know, setting up the Pro Tour um, banners and everything and basically pushing everything all over the country. Um, he's, out, he's been uh, just a great just a great friend throughout the year. Seth has been out there. Um, really, got to thank the media crews, Terry, Chad. Um, man, there's so many Central Coast, Jomez, Rick, Todd, um, everybody out there. Just they are they work just crazy hours, 16, 16 hour days to try to get this stuff done and put out to the masses. And without them, you know, people couldn't, couldn't couldn't really experience what what what's happening on shore. So definitely thank you to them. And then I also really got to thank Robin for chatting for me, especially this back half of the year. Um, He's been just a a rock and really helped me work through things on and off the course. Um, And then, of course, I got to thank my fans. Um, You know, even when I doubt myself, um, you know, different messages and um, encouragement from fans has really, uh, really, really helped me just maintain a positive attitude and confidence.
1: So I'm very glad that you mentioned Robin uh, because uh, Danielle actually wanted to create a new award, and uh, and uh, she wanted to create the uh, Caddy of the Year award and give it to Robin. And
2: uh, well, he certainly we, deserves it.
1: He definitely <laughs> does. Uh, and it was funny because I looked at her and smiled, and I said, "But that's a made-up award." And and she laughed, recognizing that all awards are made up so it was uh it was very it was it was a very fun moment but she wanted to uh in, in addition to all she's done for for growing the awareness of of the women and growing the brand of the pro tour uh she wanted she definitely wanted to thank robin and congratulate him on a uh, on a fantastic job so well i will certainly uh, pass that so away. i wanted to talk about your um your path through the Tour championship uh, you came into the event the number one seed as the tour points champion uh, and as we all know uh, you either play well or you go home and uh, I'd love to have you walk us through that that first round and by my memory you had a slow start and and how you were feeling uh, no holes in, six holes in and and then maybe twelve holes in and 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 where your mind was as uh, as that round progressed.
2: Sure, yeah, so um the format is certainly interesting, intense, and cutthroat. Um, going off as a second card that day at three o'clock, the first card of women who included possibly a wild card winner. Um, was, you know, it was fair. You could see their scores if you wanted to look at them and you would know what you needed to shoot. And I purposely made sure not to look at those scores as is my normal mental game. Um, with this, uh, cutthroat version of bracket style play, it's so easy to get sucked into knowing the scores and trying to shoot a certain score, which I learned long, long time ago. Thank you to Bob Rotella's golf philosophy and mental health, um, I learned a long time ago that knowing the score really doesn't help you play better. At least it doesn't help me, I've learned over the years. I'm sure there's some freaks out there that definitely, like, keep track of everything, and maybe it doesn't affect their mental game, but it certainly does mine. So it was very tempting to try to, you know, look at those scores and think, okay, now I have to do this, 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 and this, and, and I really did, just didn't want to play that mind game while I was trying to shoot, shoot a good score. Um, So I made sure not to look, and I made sure that I let, you know, like Robin know and, you know, anybody who around me who talked about it, I just ignored them and made sure that I didn't let myself know that information. And then I, you know, I just, I knew I had to stay focused. Um, Right off the bat, Kat goes, I think she went four for five um, in the first five holes. She was four down after five holes, which was phenomenal. I mean, she got hole five, which is 381 gap shot, turnover, power drive. And I was, she like parked that thing, and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't think anybody could get to that one. You know, I can really only get about <laughs> nine. To, yeah, I can really only get up to about nine of those holes, and three of them are in the first four. So it was definitely. It was a, and I didn't get any of them, and Kat got four of them. So it was, I was definitely trying to not think about the fact that she was so far ahead already. And um, I just assumed she was going to continue to push and push and push. And I know she can get almost every hole out there. Um, she can get there for birdie. So you know, her, her, the sky was the limit for you know, her on that. And I know that I can really only get half of them. So I was just trying to ignore, you know, the fact that she was pulling so far ahead and just stay in my game. And I knew, like, so I was trying to be patient um, and just let the birdies happen if they did. And if they didn't, you know, I mean, even, shooting even out there, you know, that's that, if that's the best I could do that day, that's, I had to accept that. Um, and if I had to go home, even shoot the best I could, then that's that's life, you know. Um, but then I ended up getting hitting a couple jumpers. Uh, I didn't make a lot of mistakes down the stretch, and I ended up at five down, which was actually tying Katrina at that moment, who had had a little bit of trouble in the back. Um, so I was super stoked, and then we ended up having a, an incredible card where um, three out of the four of us were well under par, and it ended up pushing out Paige Pierce um, from the semifinal bracket, which was very, very shocking. Um as I was, you know, as as most of us do, you know, put her at, at the top um, with the ability to shoot really far under par, and with her distance and her putting, um, so that was like, once the dust settled, I was, you know, I was in shock, and it just really shows how cutthroat the, the format is, and, you know, it, it's kind of cool, too, I mean, it's, uh, in any way that, like, somebody can just have a really good round, and Maybe somebody who's relatively unknown or isn't as popular or doesn't win a lot of tournaments could emerge from these brackets with a with a really good round. So that was that. Uh, that's a very intense concept, and I think it's pretty fun.
1: <laughs> so it's interesting to me. I, there's. There's so many different directions that I want to take this conversation. One, one is that you seem to have your mental game on point. You, you said that like Katrina was, was at least four, was four ahead of you after five and you were able to maintain focus and say, I'm going to play my game. I'm not going to play chase. Uh, I'm not gonna go outside of my comfort zone and, and invite bogeys in. I'm just gonna keep playing. And that is a skill that many people listening, including myself, when I proof this, uh, should, should take to the bank and, and focus our efforts on doing the exact same. When, when we're in tournament mode, we need to play within ourselves and score our best. And, uh, and you happily maintain that. Now, would would you agree with how how critical that is? And that, do you want to touch on that at all?
2: Um, yeah, I you know I've been studying a mental game for a long time, and I can't say that it's always on point. You know, I mean things in my personal life, you know, and just you know sometimes just my general emotional state make it make it hard to follow kind of my rules of my mental game. Um, but this weekend it was strong, and I you know emotionally I was on I was I was on even keel. And, you know, I'm always kind of surprised um, uh, that more professional golfers don't focus more on that aspect of their game. Uh, maybe it's that they don't know how um, or, that you know, it's kind of an abstract concept to try to understand and it's going to be different for everyone. But it's certainly um, the focus that some people have on the scores and on how other people are playing and what score they're trying to get uh, overall or even on each hole. Um, that, you know, that stuff is extraneous, really. And, um, Rotella, you know, I mean, back in, like, I think 2011 is the first time I read one of his books, and I have a couple other people I love to touch up on as well, and it's helped me tremendously, and I, you know, I really encourage everybody to read stuff like that. I mean, it's really going to strengthen, strengthen your game. I mean, as you know, like, I don't really have a flashy game. I'm not a distance thrower you know, my putt, I don't putt, I can't make, I don't make putt from very far Um, and I really think that the stuff that he, I've learned through his his books has been the key.
1: So, you've mentioned the books a couple of times. What is his last name again?
2: Bob Rotella and his most famous work is Golf is Not a Game of Perfect.
1: Fantastic. It is based on
2: like ball golf or balls um, but the, it's, it's, it's it's all the stuff from the mental side of it. It really has nothing. His books don't touch on the mechanics of ball
1: golf.
2: I mean, it applies nearly a hundred percent to what we're doing out here as disc golfers. Well,
1: that is exciting. Um, and the other, the other thoughts that I had were, well, this is just anecdotal, but I had stories upon stories upon stories, uh, foisted upon me at the tour championship and, and some I prompted and some were not uh, about people saying, you know, I just needed to go birdie birdie or I needed to get three birdies in the last five. And I, I started pushing and I ended up double bogeying, you know, hole 14 or, or whatever hole that it was. And, uh, and they knew their day was done. And the reason that that happened was because they knew the score. And it's really interesting how, Maybe knowing the score can can cause you to focus in if that's the type of person you are. Um, but maybe it doesn't, and maybe it causes you to stress out and get a double bogey, and you you eliminate all chance. So I need to go back to the GMC of 2017, and I and I apologize, but I do need to do this. Um, okay. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember the tournament?
2: Um, I think so. Yeah.
1: So I, from my recollection, you were on the lead card, and Paige was on the chase card, and Paige had a oh. had one of those ridiculous rounds. You remember, oh, You know what I'm talking really, about?
2: Now I, really, now I really remember it. Oh yes. Oh that one hurt. Oh that one hurt. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, Do you? Yeah. So go ahead.
2: basically, what really happened there um, was I, I had a kind of I had a caddy I had never used before and i had asked him to kind of keep track of the scores and so that i would know whether like cuz i will i will ask my caddy like especially robin now um i'll ask him maybe on if i have a decision to make towards the end of a final round i'll ask him you know do i need to lay this up or can i lay this up or do i need to try to make this you know i'll ask him at uh, towards the end if it is you know if it is a deciding stroke um, what what the focus of the shot should be. I don't ask him what the score is or any of that. I just, you know, I ask him the decision I should make at this time when I have a decision to make. Well, um, I had a kind of an inexperienced caddy at that time and uh, she, I, I asked him on that final putt, I kind of asked him, I said, so, so do I, you know, do I need to do anything here? And he apparently looked at the scores, but he only looked at the scoreboard which showed that oh. I had like a two or three stroke lead over bow. He didn't check wow. the unit. I could, you know, I could have directed him to do so, and I just didn't at the time. I, you know, that's a lesson learned for sure. Um, you know, but he, you know, he told me that yeah, you just lay this up, up. And and truth be told, I was outside the circle, and I had a low ceiling, a really low ceiling. Even if I was spin putting at the time, I would have had to kind of throw it really hard really like a low air bounce style of throw to even make the shot. So it was kind of one of those, you know, like 5% shots, you know, not something that's likely to go in, but, you know, if you have to run it, you will. And uh, anyway, so either way, um, I did ask my daddy. He gave me the answer that he knew. And in the end, he had come back from the second card and won by a single stroke. And the funny, kind of the funny part is I walked, I was, I tapped out and I'm, I'm excited and I'm kind of looking around like, did I just win, you know? And then I see my friend Melody and she looks at me and she puts her eyes to the ground and she goes, she doesn't want to tell me. And then I look at her and I go, what, did Paige come back? And she goes, yep. (laughs) Which immediately after that, I lean over and and congratulate Paige, you know, because to come back from the second card, that's pretty, pretty amazing.
1: It really is and was. And I'm really glad I asked that question because while not knowing the score, or yes, not knowing the score helps your mental game in general, there are specific moments when, okay, I want to know, you know, if, you know, I'm down by two with two to go and, uh, you know, do I have to push here? Because there are times when you do, presuming your goal is to win when you do have to push. Uh, or, or you lay up, you know, depending on if you have, uh, you know, down by two or down by one. So I'm glad that but I asked I was, that question. Go ahead.
2: It's a great question. Um, and But honestly, a lot of times there's not really a decision to make. You know, there's not really a time where a lot of the 18th holes, 17th holes don't present, you know, a death putt, that if I miss it, I'm a bogey you know, or um, maybe a situation where I could lay up and then go for the next shot. And, yeah, there's a lot of times, you know, there's really just one way to play the shot, and hopefully I execute it. And if I don't, well, then I'll scramble. But, um, there's, um I mean, there's not always a decision to be made, if you know what I mean.
1: I do know what you mean, yeah. So, sometimes all you can do is the best you can do, and you're, you know, if you've got a couple hundred feet to go. Uh, you're, you know, running that shot is is almost silly. But uh, and, and I I'll play agree a relatively
2: that, conservative game anyway, so um, I'm minimizing bogey as it is. You know, so yeah. it's not like I could be safer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it is, and I'll agree with you on hole eighteen at the GNC, That was a that is a low ceiling, low low percentage shot. Um, but it was clear that you didn't know that you needed to go for it. And, uh, and I did not know until this moment, uh, if that was by design on your part where I don't want to know, or if it was, as as you said, maybe, uh, just a lack of checking. And, and I know that I personally have never made a mistake. Um, like I would, I would make sure to paint all the lines on every course. So I (laughs) I don't I don't make errors. So, anyway, um, mo- moving on, speaking of the final round, uh, I just made a small allusion to the final round. Um, so you you manage to shoot that five down. You tie Katrina. Paige Burkus knocks out Paige Pierce, and the only person from the other card that advances is the winner of the card, Jessica Wiest. Um which it's really interesting because, as you said, Paige Pierce was knocked out. And we have a stellar card, uh, of some of the best women athletes on the planet that, that play disc golf. And it's, it's a testament to, to the depth of the women's field that has developed over the course of the season. Um, c- congratulations to you all for, for fighting through this entire season. At the beginning of the year, it looked, it looked like it was going to be one of the most dominant seasons ever. And uh, and I remember, and actually it's funny, I remember talking to Danielle at the beginning of the season, and she said, these women can play. and uh, And she was right. So we go into the final round. What are you thinking there? Are you thinking, I just want a number? I just want to play my game? I can't fall behind? Where's your mindset at that point?
2: It's literally the same game plan. I'm <laughs> gonna stay focused Stay focused on my game, do the best that I can, be patient, don't you know, don't push anything, don't try to do it you know, don't try to be a hero. And um and it worked out, you know, I, I literally did not know um until maybe Robin yelled in that last uh that last approach when he when he kinda yelled really loudly um how excited he was that I made it close to the basket. Uh, then I was like, oh, this must have been for something.
1: <laughs> Sarah, I think you just said what I think you just said. And I just want to clarify, on the final hall of the Tour Championship, you were tied with Katrina going on to that hall. And you didn't know that?
2: No, I didn't. I knew it was close, you know, but I didn't know. Honestly, I still thought Jessica was in, in the mix. Um, Katrina had been playing really well. She hadn't really made any mistakes. I mean, she made, except for, you know, coming down the stretch 14-15, you know, she kind of made some errors there, but she played really clean. Um, Yeah, you both both. I I didn't remember how many birdies she had gotten, how many bogeys she had gotten. I couldn't remember how many I had. You know, literally just trying to play shot for shot um, and just stay in my own little
1: zone. So you throw that up shot. And Robin gives a whoop, and I assume that's some sort of Canadian victory call. Yeah. And yeah. What, what does – you? It, it sounds like you're being very understated. What did that whoop <laughs> mean to Sarah Holcomb?
2: Well, that meant that, like, that was an important shot and I did a good job, right? Um, it actually, It actually made me a little nervous on that final putt. Because <laughs> I, I, well, I guess I better make this one too, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess uh, so. It was,
2: it was nice and short, so it was a pretty easy putt to make, even under so those did, conditions.
1: <laughs> did you know that putt was for the victory, or did you just think it might be?
2: I was just trying not to think about what the putt meant. I was just trying to go through my process and give the. I mean, I don't even try. I don't even honestly. My process includes not not caring whether the putt actually goes in or not, it is only about going through the process that I need to in order to give the putt a good chance. So I was trying to not think about what the putt meant. I was trying to just clear my mind and just go through the process and and it worked out.
1: Sarah, you are giving people valuable life lessons, and I genuinely appreciate it. Because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get to your emotions and you being an athlete as you are, are consistently saying, no, I, I have a process. I do my, I do my steps and I throw my putt and that is the way I go. And when push comes to shove, my body is trained to do the right things and I will trust it to do them. And it's, and I don't need to think about, the the gravity of the moment because it's insignificant because I have a job to do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Focusing on the outcome is, uh, that doesn't help anybody really. And and, and that's happened, I mean, in so many parts of our life, you know, it's all about the journey, not the destination.
1: Uh, Truer words could not be said. Um, And I want to talk more, but I also want to end it on that because that's such a poignant uh, and I'll go ahead and say, especially for me, uh, we just completed our third season, uh, third of 122, and we've just started this journey, and it's, it's really exciting. Um, this, these are the days we're going to look back on and, and say, wow, um, we, we have designed something that matters. And, uh, and it's interesting, um, Danielle and I spent, all day yesterday, probably about five hours designing how the tour in 2019 is going to be presented. And, uh, and it was a really meaningful day. And it was all about the process and the journey and, uh, your, your process and your journey, uh, are significant and are very fun to watch. And, uh, from, from the bottom of my heart and from all of your fans, uh, we say thank you and congratulations.
2: Thank you, Stephen. you know, and it's just I, I can't thank you, you and your team enough. It's been a it's been a wonderful three years with the Pro Tour, and I am so excited for the future.
1: Sarah, thank you very much. Before we sign off, do you have any do you have any other bits of information you'd like to share?
2: Um. Well, the upcoming season, I'm uh, very very excited. At the PDGA Summit, just recently the PDGA board granted the players a pro players advisory committee. So I'm excited to kind of work with the PDGA on um, creating this committee and working with the board members to um, give uh, the players a voice for positive change and and um, help the PDGA meet the needs of the players and also for the players to be able to work together on different projects via the committee to really make a make change in the sport um and so that's really an exciting thing also with the women's committee um we have a lot of exciting things coming up and um so i'm just really excited to work on a lot of those things uh over the course of next year which um you know i'll get into um in the future once we have all of the details ironed out
1: uh we look forward to hearing about that uh, you can either yell from the outside, or you can work from within and try to make change. And uh, well done on on doing doing your part to make the sport better for everyone.
2: Yeah, it's really my pleasure. I, I really love I love this golf, and I'll do whatever I can to keep pushing it forward.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Um, and we look forward to seeing you uh, at at the memorial and at Vegas and uh, across the entire country all next year.
2: Heck yeah, I'll
0: be there. It is definitely always fun talking with Sarah. We can all learn a lesson from her and learn to say thank you as well as she does. Thank you very much, Sarah. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Didn't even mean that. Um, But seriously, thank you, Sarah. That was great. Tomorrow, we will release our MPO review and our interview with Chris Dickerson. And then on Friday, we will review the season and the Tour Championship in detail. This has been Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. If you like what we're doing, go ahead and give us a review. Go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and tell a friend about it. Let's spread the word about disc golf. Thank you all very much. Have a great night.